Coming up on the show, a couple of big names return for the New Zealand Breakers, and they are coming back at the right time. Speaking of big names, is there an import signing in Brisbane not too far away? Changes at the Adelaide 36ers, and we talk about a second team in Sydney. That's all coming up on NBL Now. It is December the 21st. Great to have you with us on NBL Now for your Thursday edition. As always, I'm Jack Heffern alongside Pete Hawley. And Hawes, let's start with the New Zealand Breakers who have been smashed all season long with injury issues. Finally, they get some good news in the returns of Will McDowell-White and the big one, Zylan Cheatham, to return on Friday night against the Sydney Kings. And a big game for it too, isn't it? Uh, coming up against the team they lost to in the championship series last year. I'm super excited to see this New Zealand team just back on the floor together. Again, it's weird to say how much damage they could potentially do down the back end of the season because we just need to see this role clarity. We need to see a consistent period of health. But uh, it, it's weird also to say it's exciting times in New Zealand because of how poorly they started. But this is the beauty of the playing tournament, isn't it? Because if this was any other year when a playing tournament doesn't exist, this time with the way that New Zealand have started, you'd be thinking, well, this season's done. We can't do any damage this year. It's going to be mighty hard to get into the top four. All of a sudden, you look at the ladder. They're two games. They play two games less than the sixth spot with the Taipans, and they're two mm. losses behind them. So two less wins, sorry. So they get that. They start just winning games, and they get to the sixth spot. They get to the fifth spot, and they make the playing tournament. With the talent that is on this roster, they brought in Anthony Lamb, Parker Jackson Cartwright. They figure out Cheetah and Will McDowell-White and all of that. And this is one of those teams who you think, no matter how it started at beginning of the year, they can do damage at the postseason just by continuing to stay healthy and continuing to roll. We were talking yesterday on on this show with Ruck about Southeast Melbourne's big four. I just dawned upon me then, if you those names you mentioned, Parker Jackson Cartwright, Will McDowell-White, Zylan Cheatham and Anthony Lamb. Pete, I think you could argue that's a, a big four as good as any in the competition, couldn't you? No doubt. Uh, and we didn't see it at its best, obviously. There was a bit of trying to figure out who is going to be the main ball handler between Parker Jackson, Carwright, and Will McDowell-White. And let's not forget, when PJC was signed, I think a lot of people envisioned, and maybe even Motty Mayo, that he's going to come off the bench. He's going to be our Barry Brown Jr. type scorer. Will McDowell-White, we know, is the big free agency signing. And then Will McDowell-White does his hand, and all of a sudden you need to throw PJC into that starting point guard role, and he dominated. So you're kind of thinking, okay, when Will comes back, how do we slot him in? And let's be honest, Will McDowell-White's not a bench player in the NBL. He's absolutely not. Mm. He's a starting point guard, and he's one of the best local point guards we have. But trying to fit alongside a team and a player that was already comfortable in PJC, it was a little hard, and they couldn't figure it out. So there's still some things they need to sort out in terms of rotations and lineups. But that four... I mean, Anthony Lamb, what an unbelievable mid-season signing. He has been an absolute force to be reckoned with since he stepped into the league. So you think about just adding Cheatham alongside that and then Will McDowell-White finding everybody. And again, health is going to be important for them, but if they just worry about just ticking off small goals, okay, we get two out of the next three wins. We get that, we tick that off and hunt to the top six. Anything can happen. I I'm so interested in the New Zealand breakers now, Halls, and what happens next week. I'm such a believer in Modi Mayor as a coach and, and that lineup. I mean, there's three games off Southeast Melbourne right now. Their next month could be one of the biggest stories in the competition, I think. Well, it's again, you mentioned Southeast Melbourne, but there's other teams. Brisbane's been on a bit of a free fall. 
the Taipans have been inconsistent. So for all the struggles that New Zealand have had on the court, obviously, but a lot that's been out of their control with key injuries and long-term injuries for a sustained period, all of a sudden the teams around them who should be putting some space on the top six and between the top six and the bottom four aren't doing that. So everything seems to maybe, I don't want to go early, but maybe lining up for New Zealand just to make a run at this thing. And as we said, you've just got to make the top six. And again, it doesn't matter if they finish uh, in the sixth spot and they start the playing tournament, playing an away game. If they're playing their best basketball when that happens, a lot of people are going to say, geez, this is going to be a semifinal team and we expect them to be in the semifinal series. You mentioned the Brisbane Bullets. We, we had the news come through on Tuesday on overtime via Olgan Yulich that DJ Mitchell is going to be out for the remainder of the year with a hip injury. It's opened the door for them to explore the import market, and we believe that a signing might be close. I was watching overtime as well when that was that dropped, and I, I Olgan didn't want to give much, did he? Didn't want to give many <laughs> names, didn't want to keep everything close to his chest. But when the team talked about it, and Liam dropped a name that really – Pricked my ears up because an old championship teammate of mine, and I spoke to him a couple of months ago, Casey Prather, and I asked him, I said, are you keen to, to come back to the NBL? And he said he loves it here, and he said it absolutely would. He's been out a long time with a knee injury. Similar-ish injury, I think, to Abdul Nader as well, the new signing to the Phoenix in terms of that cartilage in the knee. So it's been a long time. But if that's someone they're going after, I think it would be a perfect fit because, again, you're yep. kind of taking a risk on his health, on his body. You haven't seen him for play for a long time, but Justin Schuler has a relationship with him. He knows how he, he plays. And if he plays to the level we all expect, even a little bit lower, if that's the person they're going to try and go after, all of a sudden you're thinking, well, hang on. Casey Prather's back. He's still early 30s. We can lock him in for next year. We can kind of look at how we're going to build it further forward. So the risk first reward on a guy who's been out for a significant time, I think is huge and also great culture piece. So when Liam pricked that up, when that name, my ears were pricked up, Jack, I was like, hang on. I, I mentioned this. I spoke to him. Have I put this in the air? If this does come to fruition, I want 10%. I want to make sure that I was the one who figured it all out. I put it out into the atmosphere, but I think it'd be great to have him back in the league. So hopefully that phone keeps ringing. Was that a, is it classed as a holy bomb? Well, I don't know if it's a holy bomb because, I, again, I just kind of put it out there after I had a good chat with him. It was good to catch up with him. He recently got married. He had a wedding hype video that went viral in America. So I was just talking to him. And, and I know that there's always going to be some key import pieces coming in midway through an NBL season. It's just what happens through injuries or imports getting sent home. So I thought it would be a guy that a lot of teams would want to have come in at the back end of the season if he was healthy. So once I put it out there and once I heard Liam say that that would be the type of player a team would go after, all of a sudden stars potentially align. So I would love to see it come to fruition. He's a, he's a phenomenal human being, but uh, he's an electric player as well. He has some great memories and highlights in the NBL. We'll keep our eyes on that one. And if that is the type of player that they're going after, then that's a great move from the Brisbane front office, no doubt about that. Changes at Adelaide, more changes. CJ Bruton departed a few weeks ago. There's been a little bit of chopping and changing. That now includes Craig Simpson, assistant coach who has left for family reasons, and we wish Craig all the best in his next move. It, I, I don't know, Pete, it feels like just the appropriate thing to do because it just feels like they need to cleanse themselves of, of this year. They do, which is weird to say because we've still got half the year left, right, in terms of cleansing and kind of starting with a new outlook. But Scott Ninnis would 
I want to come in and kind of do things his own way now, which is fair enough. You're the new head coach for the rest of the season. And and if you're Craig Simpson, you've been there and you've been under CJ Bruton and you've been trying to figure all that out and get on the same page. And uh, and obviously that didn't work for that time. Uh, they were all together. And when CJ Bruton left, you kind of thought that uh, it would be not so much weird, but it would be an interesting place for an elite assistant coach to be in because you've had to put all your hard work into, uh, okay, we're doing it this way. This is the way the head coach wants. This is what we want. And now it's flipped and all of a sudden you've got to try and get back onto a different wavelength and it would be hard to do. So uh, I don't mind the whole idea of let's just cleanse things. Let's try and get forward because the one difference I look at between the the two places that have changed coaches, right, is fun. Illawarra right now are having so much fun the way they're rolling out there and playing with each other. I think Scott Ninnis is trying to get everybody to, to buy into that, but um, for for different reasons that it is taking a bit longer. I think also the flip side of it is Illawarra was – we've never seen a quick change like that happen so drastically, so quickly as well. But, uh, yeah, I just want to see this Adelaide team go out there and have some fun. And, again, when you – hooping and playing for fun and it's not just a job then the wins take care of themselves and I just don't think we've seen that all season long but hopefully we do sooner rather than later It's interesting to read this morning in News Corp Liam Sansa Maria, a great friend of this show obviously and the general manager of the Next Stars program was quoted as saying that NBA teams are intrigued by Jalen Galloway and that he could potentially be the next NBL player in the NBA. Now, thought it was really pertinent to talk to you about this on the show today because You've got a great understanding of, of the draft process and then also the process for guys like Jalen Galloway to get to the NBA and how the whole thing unfolds. What do you think? Is he, has he got all the attributes needed to go to the association? Well, the one thing that's probably stopped that happening already would be his outside shot that he continues to work on. But in terms of what he can do in the open floor, his speed, his athleticism, his strength, absolutely that will translate to... Uh, the NBA, there's no doubt about it. Unfortunately, he's not draft eligible anymore, so he's going to be that kind of free agent, which I guess you say unfortunate, but if he was draft eligible, maybe he fell to a second-round pick that it's not always as beautiful as it sounds to be pick, picked up in the second round because then you're locked in for rights for two years and you can't pick up a two-way spot anywhere else. I th- I envision that he would be looking at some 10-day contracts come the end of the NBL season. Uh, you think about this, the NBA season winds down, those teams that are... Pre- not in the hunt anymore and they want to try a couple of guys out who are free agents. That's again, by not being able to go to the draft, he can look at that and say, okay, I get a 10 day contract. The back end of this season, you play a couple of games and make an impact. You get another 10 day and all of a sudden you're looking at the following year. And I think that he will be an NBA player sooner rather than later. We've all watched him grow over the last few seasons. It's been phenomenal. And, and again, those pros and cons of not being able to enter the draft, it's different for the age group. It's different for where you're at uh, in your season. And I think that him not being eligible will make this a better process in terms of once this NBL season finishes, do not be surprised if he's quickly on a plane overseas for a little 10-day or a little workout or something like that. Very interesting. Very exciting as well. He's made some big steps forward in the last two years. Let's finish with Jalen's team, the Sydney Kings. Discussion constantly around expansion and what's happening next here in the NBL and where the next license might go. But I think it's really interesting that the discussions that are happening now around a second Sydney team somewhere down the line, Pete, probably sooner rather than later. Uh, there's a memorandum with the Kings and at the current ownership that there can't be another team in Sydney for a couple of years. But after that, thoughts? 
Well, I want to see more teams the merrier, right? We all want to see this continue to boom the way the NBL trajectory is going. But uh, it, one, it's, it's obviously a very hard market for basketball uh, because of it's dominated by rugby and understanding what you look at the, what the Kings have done the last few years. It's been commendable. It's been unbelievable to see the packed out stadiums, obviously the championships and all of that. I think they've done a, a great job, Paul Smith, Chris Pongrass and all of the uh, Sydney Kings team. So... The flip side of that is if you bring in another Sydney team, one, you want that rivalry to build up and try and get people on board. But two, you want to come together with the current Kings and say, hey, let's try and get into this market even deeper together. How do we do this together while still being fierce inner city rivals and build this thing up to where basketball, when you think about Sydney, yes, you think about rugby. I know the Swans are there. You think about all this, but you think about basketball in that same conversation because the Kings are on that trajectory to get up there already. Another Sydney team, yeah. while still having that hot rivalry, you want to make sure you continue that together and just really put a massive footprint in that Harbour City and continue to grow. So uh, I'm all for it. I, I love the rivalries. I mean, we've seen what the throwdown's built into. Uh, we m- know the history of some other teams, um, West Sydney Razorbacks, all of that. We know all these history that's around there. So again, I want to see more teams. I think there's a lot of talent floating around. And if that's the way it would be, I think it'd be a great step. Are you still putting your hand up as... General manager of the Gold Coast franchise? Uh, oh, Gold Coast, absolutely. I think um, the more I stay in Melbourne <laughs> and the more that I see a forecast of 35 degrees and sunny and I walk out and it's raining, the more that the Gold Coast just becomes a little bit more enticing. So uh, anything in, in that regard, and I'm still uh, just waiting for whatever happening with the Blitz next year. I'm on board. I'm, I'm ready to go up and get the tickets straight away. Uh, I had a great time up there. So if we can start there and we'll just see how the dominoes fall, Jack. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next in terms of expansion. And I can't wait for this round. I think it's such an important round in the context of the season. It all starts with New Zealand and Sydney, followed by Cairns and South East Melbourne as a Friday night doubleheader. Hall's great to chat to you and we'll talk, we'll do it again soon. Thanks, mate.